0: God, thank you so much again for just uh, how you are faithful, how you draw us to uh, know you and to study your word, and so we thank you that you have given us your word so that we can grow, Lord, not only uh, together, but individually, and more than anything, uh, experience the reconciliation that you have done through your cross and the resurrection so that we might be... Um, in Christ and have a hope for eternity. So be with our time today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Door is closed. Amen. So let's look at Mark chapter 6. Uh, we're picking up in verse 35. So just, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. So let's just uh, kind of, uh, we, we ended in our studies. We can scoot around and make room. Okay. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, him. we do, because
0: then I'm gonna look at you the whole time and you're gonna be like, well, I should be in the circle. No. <laughs> uh, but
1: he can't misbehave
0: unless you know. Oh no, I can see him. Those are the ones you watch, right? The ones that are sitting in the back of the class. <laughs> that is kind of okay, good? Okay. So um, we we ended um with with him kind of asking the disciples, they bought all these people and they're trying to send them away to get food. And we ended with him saying, you give them something to eat. And kind of the question I posed a couple of weeks ago was when have you had a time where you were just looked at your own resources and you realized I don't have it and God provided. And God was kind of like, you know, almost has that rhetorical question. You, you do it. And you're like, I I look at what I have, I don't have it. So now we're going to pick up right about now where we're at there. So verse 35 through through 44, if someone would kindly read that, please.
2: By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000.
0: Okay. So a lot of people, um, some estimates are um, up to 20,000 or so might have been there because men were 5,000 and consider families so a conservative would be probably eight 9,000 um, either way it's a miracle <laughs> pretty amazing uh, and so uh, we're going to tap back into a couple weeks ago but what did the disciples have faith and we
1: need to do it okay
3: okay see. they could uh, assess the situation that they didn't have enough food 200 mm-hmm. denarii or uh, 8 months wages or whatever it was they knew they were, they were financially embarrassed I won't mm-hmm. use as a word but they, they didn't have it they knew it and they Too were hard. able to assess the situation accurately
0: okay so they, they were they didn't have enough obviously I mean they, that was their question they didn't have enough they said go <laughs> see what you do have and by faith they they went, um, and they came back with not a whole lot. Right? They got five loaves and two fish. Um, so, how does the meagerness of supply speak to us?
1: That if you trust in the Lord, no matter how meager it is, He'll give you enough.
0: Well said. <laughs> I like your nails, by the way. Those are very bright. Like, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> that's
1: what happens when you you get depressed, so you go and get your nails. <laughs> you go and you put bright yellow
0: on. <laughs> wow. No, that's great. Uh, so I mean, so the meagerness is that God will provide. Um, in fact, I think sometimes uh, we are very blessed in our society, in our country, and sometimes. Uh, we find that we look to ourselves too much for our provisions rather than saying, wait a second, even the provisions that we have are a gift from God's hand. And, and so here we have this meagerness and they're like, this is all we have recognizing really their need, um, for something to, to be greater than them. Jesus has to do a miracle here for everyone to be provided for, you know, they could have sent them off. They could have, you know, um, but Jesus said, I, no, I know what I'm doing here, guys. I mean, we see that in some other, other Gospels that Jesus asked them this question because he knew what he was going to do. Um, so he's revealing their need so that he can show them his provision. Steve? I
3: was just going to say, what I find out, uh, interesting over there is, as I go through uh, our society, is that you know, 5,000 men and families and you know, 10,000 people... And they came to him. I mean, it was it, that's a, that's an amazing thing. He's feeding them supernaturally, but I mean, uh, what a drawing, what a calling. I mean, his reputation. He's going toward the cross, but I mean, that's really uh, pretty amazing. I don't see a whole lot of people just showing up for uh, to see uh, the religious leaders or anything like that. As you know, as far as. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you when I say this, but you, you have a, a, uh, you know, a famous person or uh, the president show up to your town, and you're going to draw a crowd also. So, I mean, he had done some things that, was attract- that were attracting a crowd, and we're going to find that a lot of what they were um, there for was because he was doing things for them. Um, and and they were getting free meals, and they were getting. I mean, obviously, he's healing the sick. I mean, and, and, and that's pretty amazing and curing disease. Uh, so, someone read uh, Mark six thirty nine again, please.
4: Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. Uh, there's something green grass. And...
0: Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I, it
4: was interesting. Why did why did they make a point of
0: that? Well now go to Psalm twenty three verse one.
4: Oh
1: there's down in green
4: pastures.
0: Okay. So, yeah, we don't even a lot of us know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now it's interesting when you find these little nuggets. Uh, I would like to say uh, the, God, the Holy Spirit inspired these, these authors to sometimes put these little details in um, just, just for us to go, wait a second, this is consistent with him being the good shepherd, right? Puts them down in, in the green grass. And when I was reading that this last week, I, it's one of the first times I think that I'm like, huh, that's an interesting little note that, that, that Mark adds there. And it did make me go, well... Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And so again, there's just an important connection for us that this is what the good shepherd does. In fact, Psalm 23 is all about the provision that God has for his children. You know, I shall not want... He restores my soul, even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of darkness, I will fear no evil, his rod and staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so it's just a beautiful little picture here that I think that um, is, is not something that we would spend you, you know a ton of time on, but it's just these little things that you, if, as you're reading God's word, I encourage you to look for these little things that, that he goes, hey, did you see this? And look at this back here. Because uh, like I said, I've read this, I don't know how many times, and this was the first time that it kind of stuck out to me. I'm like, oh, well, it stuck out to me, which means it's going to stick out to you. So there you go. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so Jesus gives thanks and broke bread. Um, so does this make us think of something else Jesus did? Just wondering. So let's look at, someone grab Mark 26, or Matthew twenty-six twenty-six and read it, please.
2: Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body.
0: Okay. So he gave thanks and he broke it. Um, And it's interesting, if you kind of look at Scripture, and you look at the times that Jesus looked to heaven and gave thanks, uh, quite often a miracle follows after that. And so it's just a, a real interesting thing to look at, at the importance of thankfulness, and then obviously we see here just some of these connections. How about uh, Mark fourteen twenty two? Might sound very similar to Matthew twenty six twenty six. And as they were eating, he took bread,
1: and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and
0: said, "Take this; it is my body." Okay, and then Luke twenty two nineteen.
3: And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it
0: to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. So now, how how can we make a correlation or a um, precedent, we'll call it that, of Jesus breaking bread, feeding multiple people? How does that translate and give us a glimpse of what him doing on the cross and, and the words of institution and instituting the Lord's Supper, what, what can we draw as some sort of connection there?
1: God provides. He provides the bread. What mm. the food, what you, yeah. He provides your salvation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for countless people. Yes. I mean, you know, they say 5,000 men, but they didn't venture, I mean, we don't know. Right? How many people there really were. But the point is God provides for everyone who will receive. But
1: what does that have to do with him being on the cross?
0: Well, his body had to be broken. His blood had to be body. shed. They're without without the, the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Use
3: that sin bearer.
0: So.
2: My footnote mouth says, bread are regarded. Used as a gift of God, so every time they had bread, they looked at that.
0: There's a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Yep. We look at the body of Christ as the gift, right? When we, a uh, gift of God for sure, his presence is there. Bonnie.
2: And um,
4: it's a way of recognizing Jesus, too, like the fellows on the road to Emmaus. We're talking with Jesus and And uh, it got to be evening, and he was going to keep going. And they said, No, 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 stay with us. And I think it says, When he broke bread, their eyes were Mm open. So it was a means of um, connection, maybe that way
1: Mm
4: -hmm. of recognition.
0: recognition. Let's just real quick go to John chapter 6. Uh, Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. For this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day verse 41 so the Jews grumbled about him because he said I am the bread of life I am the bread that came down from heaven they said is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how does he now say I have come down from heaven So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, by the way, every time he says truly, truly, and I've said this often, truly, truly, he's kind of saying, pay close attention. Um, you know, uh, some, some pastors say, he's saying, hey, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And then, um, so he's really giving this idea of, of to me, when we talk about, about communion and his body being broken for us, um, this, this is one of the passages I always go to. Uh, to talk about how important it is that we take the body of Christ and we drink the blood of Christ. Because he says, if I want to live forever, you partake of this. Now, what's interesting is um, that when we look at back to, to Jewish customs, um, if they would break bread together and eat of it, that, that was usually a sign of a covenant between the two. If someone wanted to make an agreement... If they didn't break bread and then share it, they, didn't, they, didn't keep, they, didn't have, they weren't obliged to keep the covenant. But if they broke bread and shared it, then that made them one in fellowship with each other because they took that one piece, broke it, and they partook of it, joining them together as, as one because of that. So again, we see even in the culture that God provided in Israel, we see that when we partake of the body of Christ, that bread that's been broken, it shows that we're in covenant with Christ, and that, that is an that everlasting covenant. And the food that we eat sustains us for life. Um, and we will be raised up on the last day. See, so there you go. There's that. Uh, so, this is just, we see these, um, these pictures, these glimpses that Jesus gives us, especially in the feeding of the 5,000. He's like, here's, I'm breaking this bread and um, I'm providing for you all. Uh, and uh, again, we see, as we just talked about, that the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood provides for us and many people for past, present and future for many years to come. So we see this twelve there was plenty left over. That's the other thing, too. God gives us what we need, but he also gives us more than we need. <laughs> I mean, if you really stop and think about it, uh, he really gives us more then certainly more than we deserve, uh, <laughs> way more than we deserve. Um, and so it's just his supply of, of everlasting life is overflowing to us.
1: Isn't there a lot of correlation there in the metaphors that exist? Bread is something that we all appreciate It's a sustainer, but then you get to flesh and blood. Because we fell, we now eat flesh and... Blood. right. And so that would be the commonality with all the dots that get you back to heaven. That's a a really loaded uh, part of the Bible that we just read because there's a lot of metaphors in there that are common at the time, but do you think about it today when you go to the grocery store or wherever you shop?
0: Well, that's why I think it's important when we come to the communion table that we're recognizing that this is the bread of life. This is what sustains us for all eternity. This is, this is the proclamation that we make, that, that he, he is the one that we are relying upon. And then obviously we know that the presence of Christ is there because he says, uh, this is my body, this is my blood. How that works is still a mystery, but we believe it by faith that he is there and he's working in that moment. So,
4: And you go back to manna. Right. <laughs> right. And a state state of, in the desert. In the, yep. Anyway, no? on and on and on. Well, right.
1: We live in the state <laughs> of the Texas Roadhouse, but we don't make the connection. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, yeah. We don't make the
0: connection. Yeah. They do have good roles there, though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, according to Food Network, statistically everyone's comfort food, well, highest percentage of people's comfort food. We like our carbs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just
2: carbs.
1: carbs. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, bread is a
0: comfort food. Well, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of bread. I mean, in, in, in just in, songs, in our culture. Well, and the
1: way it smells when it's baking. I mean, it's. That's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's
3: just. I watch
0: it. We have some. <laughs> do we have some breads? We have toasters. Let's go. No. Uh anyways, so. <laughs> Somebody take uh, Mark six forty-five through fifty-one, and let's read that, please.
4: He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for all, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astonished, for they did not understand about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. <coughs>
0: Okay, so this is a, a speculation, an opinion question. I was qualifying that for you, Delane. So. Um, but what are some reasons why, and I'll put you think, Jesus sent his disciples away? That was a good way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> he some alone time. Okay.
4: Well, they went to the other side of the lake to get alone in the first place, and that didn't happen. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but this is interesting because the, the, the text says immediately he sent them away. But also like when you hear something like a really loaded lesson,
1: sometimes you have to contemplate on it and being alone mm-hmm. or away lets you think on the lesson. Okay. Or he could have been trying to make them do things without him because he we are coming up to where he leaves.
0: Yeah, so this is all, again, this is all just food for us to think about, not, not any sort of really clear answer other than our cup twofold. Um, we have a great story of him walking on the water and getting to the boat. So that's kind of a, a cool thing. Um, but it says that he dismissed the crowds. Now, um, I would sit there and think a couple of things. So the disciples were the ones who distributed all this to them, and then he sends them away um, and so for me, I think that some of the the the, the possibility could be um, he wanted to make sure um, that two things happened: the people didn 't cling to the disciples because they were the ones that handed them the food, and, or two, they wanted to make sure that they didn 't have any sort of power trip that looked because we we have a good we do a really good job. Of taking credit for what God has done. And so he sends them away. And then people are left with Jesus and Jesus alone. Again, speculation, some thoughts. Uh, because this, the text doesn't clearly express to us why he sent them away. Uh, but I think it's, it's not bad for us to think about some of these things. And take some of the principles that we know from scripture to say. We want to make sure that we get out of the way. And Jesus is what's remaining. Um, and, uh, and then, obviously, we had the spiritual high moment. I mean, I can you imagine just being a disciple and watching things increase <laughs> as you're there? I keep reaching the basket, and there's more bread, and there's more bread, and it doesn't run out, and everyone's filled. Um, and so... And then he sends them away, and usually if you've ever been um, like on a spiritual retreat or something, you, you, just, you just feel God in a way you haven't felt them before, um, or you have those moments, and then you get into the boat and you get into, you, what does that say? They were making their way painfully. <laughs> and uh, so you, you kind of, you there's this moment where it's like, okay, uh, I thought I was doing great, I was enjoying it. I just want to go back on the mountain. Yes. i
3: was see. just saying the text over here. I was just say that I find an emphasis says and they did not understand the loaves and the fishes. Or I mean, they're they're just clueless. Well, I mean, basically, uh, they make me feel. Let's good.
0: let's let's wait till the, the that verse till their very end because <laughs> because Harold was nice and and read past fifty one, <laughs> but I was trying to hold off because I because oh, we are going to no. keep
4: drawing a real shirt. <laughs>
0: No, it's okay. No. I probably would have. Yeah, so go ahead, Harold.
4: Well, I mean, okay, so first of all, what? They started the day by Jesus telling them to go across the lake. We need some alone time. Right. So they go across the lake. Of course, the crowd follows right. them. And then they have this whole thing about feeding the 5,000, the 5, 5,000-plus. And now he tells him, "Go back."
3: <laughs>
4: uh, that's a long, hard day for sure, Yeah. and all kinds of bewilderment for sure. Um, yeah. And I, and I
0: imagine go. the discussion would have been pretty interesting in the boat, right? I mean, you know.
4: Just come here. Right? I mean, <laughs> they weren't. They were not. You might say that this was not their first inclination. Because they wanted to send the people away. They right. didn't want to feed the people. They wanted to send them away. Yeah. And so what this he... was not what the, the, what the disciples wanted to do. And so
0: Jesus sends them away. No, anyway. That... <laughs> well, your
1: story about the Bible camp is quite revealing. Because even this happens every Sunday morning in this church, probably. If you get together to do a Bible study, you really feel great about it. Yeah. And you go to church and you feel great about that. But then you walk out the door. Amen. And life is facing you when you walk out the door. It's the field you have to
0: work in. Yeah. Yeah. you going to offer salvation to other people. Yeah. And that's a tough road to go. Yeah. And I have a pastor friend and other people who say this that, you know, we gather so that we can be scattered, right? I mean, you gather, you get built up, and then you scatter, but you get into the real world that um, not everyone thinks the way that we do, and not everyone shares uh, Christ in common. And, and so we don't have the fellowship. In the world that we enjoy so much when we gather together, um, but also um, we see here that what was the action of Jesus then after he dismissed the crowd? He
1: needed yeah. He had to talk to his God because he needs that,
0: fuse too, that mm-hmm. too. Yep. So he went up to the mountain to pray. Um, so how can we apply this to our lives? And this is we talk we we've we've talked about this several times, but I think that there's. Um, some other application we can make here
1: I have a question Sure. what did it mean when it says their hearts were hardened we're getting there oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead yeah he didn't want me to read that
4: first. <laughs> I wasn't supposed That's to read that yeah. I heard their hearts <laughs> hardened <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so um at the very end of the paper it says the idea of their hearts being hardened is that of callous covered or darkened so um again we'll get into that some of the reality is is they could not understand yet they just did not have the ability uh, back to some of our previous conversations because the holy spirit was not yet given to them and the holy spirit is the one that guides people into all truth and so because that wasn't there they had limited understanding um but that's because I didn't want to leave you hanging because I don't know if we're going to so get there Are they
2: still trying to get to Bethsaida or Salda, Salda or they? when they were struggling with the road were they still trying to get across the lake that direction
0: uh, they were going over to Gennesaret or however you want to pronounce it because mm-hmm. uh, we see that that's they get there in verse 53 that's where they're going
4: well it says Oh yeah, Genesaret is the lake, though, isn't it?
0: Came to the land at Gennesaret.
4: Oh, but what's the Bethsaida then? It's a town. It's a town. So two different things. Because they're going to Bethsaida, it says they're to the other side to Bethsaida. When they okay. came, but when they crossed over, they came to Gennesaret. Same place. Well. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Let's
0: get our maps out. We have to get our maps out. Now it says in the note here, the town on the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee is Gennesaret, between Capernaum and Tiberias. So
2: the wind took in a different
0: direction. <laughs> Fair enough. No, you're probably right.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: The system was broken. But yeah.
1: It's like Jesus had to walk on water and get in a boat with yeah. us <laughs> for that far off course. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So um, I think that, that we have these moments where we, where we spend time ministering for the Lord and we do good work for the Lord and, and things like that. Um, and often we don't pause and stop and like Jesus did. He went away for a little bit to get refreshed. We live in a society that doesn't stop. And our, even, even our refreshment or our rest is usually uh, in the form of play. Right. Which isn't a bad thing all the time, but sometimes we don't do a good job of intentionally getting away and sitting before our our, our God and just hearing from him. Um, yes. Can I go fishing and hear from the Lord? Absolutely. Can I go to the golf course and hear from the Lord? Mm depends on how i'm playing. Um uh, <laughs> uh, well then it uh, depends on how i hear from the lord by how i'm playing. So uh you know but but i think that that sometimes it's really good to take just some time and say well, i'm going to sit before the lord. Um Jesus told with the story of Mary and Martha, Mary, you know, was sitting at his feet and he looked at Martha and says, "But Mary's chosen the better part. She sat at the feet and listened to Jesus." Um, and so even in our recreation, we sometimes can be distracted from hearing from God. And so that's why I think it's important that we, we, we carve out some time of every day somehow uh, to spend just some time intentionally praying to God and listening to him. And he saw that the disciples were painfully making their way across. So look at uh, Mark six forty eight. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking out on the sea. Now, this is a weird little note. He meant to pass by them. He going to meet You guys are fine. Um, but at the beginning of that, at least he sees them, right? So how does that bring us comfort?
2: He looked for
0: them. Okay. It's
1: not a small sea. Right. I mean, it's not huge, but it's not
0: small. Right. So he sees them, right? I mean, that to me that brings us comfort. God sees you when you're painfully making your way, and it does feel sometimes, to be honest with you, that I know that God is there, but I do feel sometimes like He's just walking on by, <laughs> and it's like, wait a second, I'm I'm struggling here, and and He's like, but I'm with you. Well, but you're oh you're passing by me, right? We feel that way sometimes, and and yet we see that. Um, that again, and I think we see back to your question, Connor, we see some of the hardness of their heart because they don't even recognize him. I mean, they're like, it's a ghost. You know, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of freaking out about who he is, uh, because they, they they cried out, um, and, and thought that that this was not something that, um, that, that was normal or natural or something to be scared of. So, Um, I guess the question is, when have you felt intimidated or scared by the presence of the Lord? Because that's really what's happening is the presence of the Lord is with them, and they're right next to him, and they're kind of, yeah, freaking out a little bit.
1: Wouldn't you if you saw ghosts walking on the water?
4: Well, this this is the middle of the night, of course. Sure. I mean, it's (laughs) night, so it isn't like it's bright daylight out there. Right. So, I mean, maybe there was moon. I guess there must have been some kind of light.
0: Yeah. Well, and to your point earlier, Harold, this was a long day. Well, yeah. <laughs> it mean, was a long well, day. The fourth
4: watch of the night is way late in the night.
0: Yep. So, you know, a very now, long day. And now they're having a hard time. And now they see something walking next to them. Um, and I think sometimes the unknown in our lives, the presence of the Lord is there, and we we struggle with it for a minute um, because we we it's it's not comfortable for us a lot of times we prefer our misery and we prefer our pain we're weird creatures uh, i mean it, it's just funny there's you know, there's people who you'll say that jesus is right here and they can't receive it because they they that's unknown right i mean well i don't know what it looks like to to not be addicted I don't know what it looks like to not be in a horrible relationship I don't know what it's look like looks like to look for another job or whatever you know, fill in the blank I don't know what that looks like Um, and yet God's kind of prompting them through other people or whatever to do that and and they they get uncomfortable with that Steve I was
3: just saying a lot of times I feel like your comment over there about walking outside of there thing but a lot of times um, uh, I have not the foggiest idea of what you know, I I might have a general inkling, but I have no idea how it will be done. I feel like the the uh, the disciples. I mean, uh, uh, there might be something on my heart or whatever it is, and how is that going to play out? And it's it's always a comfort because uh, I continually, uh, you know, Lord, what are you saying? How are you doing this? And it's good to be flexible because um, the Lord can answer. In different "Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." To me, I've used that. Uh, uh, as a, as a promise in my heart to say, he's there. Are you listening? So I try to clog the spiritual earwax and the hardness of my heart. He's probably talking. I'm probably, my, my receptors are probably jammed and you might want to, you know, go back to the basics and just say, well, Lord, what are you saying? Where, where, where are you at? Show yeah. me, show me a little something. There's another metaphor
1: in that too, because the gentleman here that was reading mentioned Genseret. Mm-hmm. Genseret and Bethesda are 12 miles apart, so when they finally hit land, they still have to walk 12 more miles. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people walk a day, but uh, 12 miles is not a short distance. No, you have a lot of time to think about things. Wasn't Genseret
2: where? Yes. Yes. Well,
4: <laughs> <laughs> The demoniac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's also the lake name, another mm-hmm. name for the lake, right? Yeah, yeah, it's right. another right. name of the right. Sea of right. Galilee. There, right. Mine said yeah. it was a yeah. four yeah.
1: mile okay. long, to mile wide. Okay. Mm. Plain. Or yep. Grass,
4: fertile soil. Yeah. And it must have been spring because there was green grass. Okay. Because otherwise, <laughs> that gets, I mean, that area is yep. dry in the summer, just like California, so,
1: you know.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So, what is the result of Jesus coming into the boat with the disciples? He gives them comfort security. Mm-hmm.
1: They're back in their normal environment as opposed to this foreign, terrible, ocean going, wave threatening wind. We had winds here, didn't we, recently? Because they sure <laughs> had it where I was parked. And they ripped off one of the toppers on my RV. Wow. They were so strong. So, those, those winds were disconcerting. If you're on the ocean, I'm a retired sailor. So if you're on the ocean, it's not exactly a
0: user-friendly place, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the winds stop, right? And and again, we need to understand that, it's, that even that is supernatural, because the language used every time the winds stop on the on the Sea of Galilee, it's instantaneously. So, if you were on a sea on an ocean and, and the winds sl- slow down and stop, the waters don 't stop right it takes some time it takes some time. when Jesus enters this boat, it stops immediately everything it 's calm um, and we see other times peter that actually freaked Peter out once he 's like, "Oh man, you know, i 'm not worthy to be in your presence because you did this um, and so we see here. That Jesus enters our pain, he enters our trial, he enters our, our turmoil. Whatever we're going through, he enters it and he brings peace. We see how many times does he say peace to you after the resurrection? I mean, that was his main thing. He kept saying to his disciples, peace, peace be with you. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that, that sometimes we um, have a hard time receiving. You know, we, we're, we're full of, of what I call yabbats. We have the yabbats. <laughs> peace, the Lord says, yeah, but this. He's <laughs> like, but I'll provide for a yabbat. Yeah, <laughs> and he says, but I'm here, a yeah, yabbat, right? We just continue to say that.
3: I find it interesting that almost every one of the epistles, grace and peace be unto you under the Lord, as under the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the, even the apostles, as they write and pin their letters, yep. seems to be a, a peace, grace and peace to you
0: right, and so what what's something that that I want us to 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 gather out of this is that Jesus enters our mess, um so we're not perfect people, we don't live in a perfect world, and yet Jesus sees fit to come into our mess. um He sees us, he joins us, he calms the storm, and his presence is a calming factor um, and then we have this little verse fifty two um that and they were utterly astounded at, at end of fifty fifty one, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. It's kind of this weird little note that Mark puts in here. You're like, okay, what? Why is that there? Um, it, some of it could be that, well, if they would have understood about the loaves, they wouldn't have been freaking out about Jesus doing what he did on the on the on the sea. Because they would have known, hey, well, that was, that's just God that's with us. Um, so there's some of that. So the idea of their hearts being hearted, um, again, is that of being calloused, covered, or darkened. So why was this the case at the time? What do you think?
3: Do you
1: think it was too much information at once and they just couldn't process it yet? Again, that need mm. to reflect on things? like Yeah. Well, but isn't that... Our human nature, we're just, it takes a lot to get us to believe. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to get us to just accept
0: Right. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I think, again, that the, the lack of them getting the Holy Spirit at this point in time certainly has part of it, even with the Holy Spirit, like you're saying, maybe we struggle, we have a hard time. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, too, remember, this is still early on. And Jesus, you know, how many times have we already heard him telling the demons to be quiet, don't reveal who he is? Uh, so is there a part here maybe that God's like, I, I, they're, they're not understanding yet because I, haven't, I don't want them to understand completely yet. Um, there's, there's, it's not time yet because if they understood completely I mean we even see um, the challenges that they had in the garden that we just read about not too long ago where, where Peter takes out a sword and cuts off the ear of, of the servant and so the, the, the challenge is, is if they would have really understood how much more would they have potentially gotten in the way of what needed to happen for us to be able to have the great salvation that we have. Here.
4: So, I mean, it says hardened, but I don't know if that means their hearts were soft and then they hardened, or they were just, that's the way they were. I mean, I sort of think that that's the way they were, and that's the way we are, actually, quite a lot of the time. Our hearts are hardened until we come Mm -hmm. to confess our sins and Mm -hmm. come in God's presence. So... But certainly, the disciples didn't get it almost up to the end, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, really, we
0: don't see them getting it till till Acts chapter one. I mean, we really that's that's when we see them (laughs) kind of getting it.
4: That's when they finally got it, and then boy, did they get it! Right, and and look at
0: what they did because they got it right. Yeah, Yeah.
4: because they got it, then they really got it. Yeah. To
3: Harold's point over there, I was just going to say that. It reminds me of, um, quite often my heart, is starts my attitude, actions, words, thoughts, and deeds. I'm not always walking in a, uh, a spiritual sense of enlightenment. You know, um, I have to check myself um, quite regularly over there and, and uh, yeah. you know, get my mind right. That's like Harold was saying that they could have been fatigued, they could have been this, could have been that. But uh, I, even today, uh, they, they were clueless, and uh, sometimes I find myself clueless.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, sometimes God doesn't totally clue me in so that I don't get in the way. Because mm. um, when he gives me glimpses, I usually run ahead. And then I realized, well, that's probably not exactly how he wanted it done. (laughs) Maybe I should have waited a little longer. Um, And so, uh, you know, so we trust. And again, their hearts were covered. I think our darkened, I think, is better. Um, And we know that he removed the heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. And the circumcision of our heart had not happened yet because the work of the Holy Spirit had not yet been accomplished um, because of his uh, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Um so again we see Jesus getting out of the way in the ascension right and then sending his spirit so he can do more through his spirit than he did in one physical location so let's pray lord thank oh lord thank you so much for your goodness thank you for loving us in the midst of our um doubt in the midst of our uh, uncertainty in the midst of our tiredness in the midst of the trials of this world you you even though it seems like you're passing by lord you do uh, want to reveal yourself to us and calm the storms that are raging within uh, our lives and this world. And so, Lord, thank you for your presence. I pray that we would um, just be better recipients of your presence and the calming nature and realize that, Lord, uh, our hearts have been illuminated because of you, Holy Spirit, sealing us for the day um, of eternity. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Bless the rest of the, our day today. In Jesus' name, amen. What were you going to say, Harold?